Yo, Phillies Nation. Welcome to the Phillies Nation podcast. Don't know what episode this is, but I am Tim Malcolm. I am the host of the podcast and the editorial director of philliesnation.com. Go there today for your Phillies news, rumors, information, opinion, much more. Find the Phillies Nation podcast on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker. You can also find Phillies Nation on Twitter at Phillies Nation, Instagram at Phillies Nation underscore, and Facebook.com slash Phillies Nation. So, it is Sunday night, uh, actually Monday morning as I'm recording this, the day after Father's Day, and the Phillies took two of three from the Brewers, which is great. They are now five over 500, and, uh, you know, playing okay. Uh, They've had some moments where you want to just scratch your head and maybe even slam your head against the door or something like that. I don't know. But 37 and 32 isn't bad. They took two or three of the Brewers, like I said, which is a really big thing. Uh, I think we shouldn't underplay that going up to Milwaukee and taking two from a pretty good team there is a pretty good feat for the Phils. And they did it with Aaron Nola not pitching his best. Uh, Arguably his worst start of the year. He didn't really... Pitched too well. He labored a lot and gave up four runs total. So not a great start for Nola. But they were able to get the win nonetheless in that game. They Their offense came alive. The offense has been hitting the ball a lot better the last week or so. And we saw Michael Franco bust out today with a big game. Four runs batted in, including a home run. We've seen Odubel Herrera hit another home run. Reese Hoskins is getting really hot right now, which is great. He hit... One on Saturday, one on Sunday. So Hoskins looks like he's uh, you know back in his thing. He's got 10 homers now in the season. And yeah, the average is a little lower, but he still looks really good to me. His OBP is strong. His slugging percentage is strong. Hoskins is looking fine to me. Nick Williams has been really hot this year, uh, at least in the past few weeks. He now has, what, nine home runs on the year, I think. Um Batting average is still low. That's fine. On base percentage is still low. That's fine. But he's been hot lately. So you take the good, you take the bad. You take them all, and then you have the Phillies. They're not the best team. They're probably not a playoff team. I don't think they're a playoff team. I really don't. I've said this a couple times now. I've written a couple pieces over the last few weeks. And I really believe they're not a playoff team. I look at the National League right now, and I see the Nationals are going to be the Nationals. I... Still can't believe the Braves are this good. Uh, they're playing over their heads, man. But I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. But they could be the sneaky wild card team. They do look good enough to be that wild card. So um, Nationals look like the Nationals. They'll be fine. The Cubs should win the Central. The Brewers are going to be right there, though. And I think those two teams are going to have it out. I think the Brewers are a playoff team. Looks like they are. And then out of the West, I mean, the Dodgers look like they're going to be back in position, I think, in no time here to be one of the better teams in the National League. Very tough start to the year, but they've gotten it together quite a bit. So, where do the Phillies line in there? You know, where do the Phillies line in with all of that? Well, I think they're about midway in the National League. They're probably the eighth best team in the National League. Something like that. They're not, you know, they're not one of the best teams in the league. They, for a moment, early in the year, looked like one of the best teams in the league, but they were playing some really poor competition. They're not a bad team. I mean, you look around the National League right now, and the Padres are pretty darn bad. The Reds are really bad. The Marlins are also really bad. You know, the Mets have had 
obviously bad luck as always because they're the Mets, but they also are bad. They don't have a well put together team, and I actually thought they were they'd be a much better team than they are, but they don't look great. The Rockies are meh. The Pirates are meh. I think the Phillies fall in line above that group. So we're talking about the Giants, the Rockies. We're talking about the Pirates. We're talking about the Mets, the Marlins, the Padres, and Reds. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. So you're talking about midway. You're talking about the eighth, ninth best team in the league. And I think they could be as good as maybe the Cardinals. I think they could be as good as one of the Nationals or Braves, whoever falls back here. I'm Again, I'm still surprised the Braves are so good. I mean, they're three and a half up on the Nationals. They have uh, the tied for the best record in the National League with the Brewers. I'm just surprised. But look, I look at the playoff picture and I say, well, okay, Dodgers are back in, back in it here. I think they're going to be fine. The Cubs, the Brewers will make the playoffs. One of the Nationals and Braves, and I think probably the Diamondbacks get the fifth. But, you know, the Cardinals can sneak in there. Maybe one of the Braves or Nationals sneak in there too. I think the Phillies are right below that. So, yeah, they're a team that I think can definitely challenge as we get closer to the trade deadline. And we're going to talk about Manny Machado. We're going to talk about just trade candidates. Everybody wants to upgrade the bullpen. Um, maybe, maybe getting one more starter. Who knows? But as long as they're above 500 going into July like 15th, I think you got to be really happy with how the season is going. you got to be really happy with it. Um, they could be 10 games under 500, really. If if Nick Pavetta and Vince Velasquez are not, you know, if Nick Pavetta isn't as good as he's been this year, if Vince Velasquez um, is anything like he was last year where he wasn't even going into the fourth inning of games, that's not happening. You have two decent pitchers there. I mean, Pavetta's had a much better year than Velasquez had, but Velasquez also has these moments of brilliance. He uh, His last start, he had a no-hitter going into the seventh inning, and then he finally lost it, and he lost the shutout. But Velasquez has looked like he could flash some brilliance at sometimes this year. Pavetta's ERA is a little high, but his FIP is great. His strikeouts are great. He looks really good this year. Zach Eflin's been fantastic. He had a good start against the, Brave, the Brewers on Saturday. Didn't go deep into the game, but he gave the Phillies a chance to win. They did win. His ERA is a 3-4-3. He has a 9.3 strikeout per nine, 2.2 walk per nine. Those are great. Those are NOLA numbers right now. And NOLA had his worst start of the year probably on Sunday, and he still is quite good. ERA under 2.5. He has 90 strikeouts to 22 walks. Been fabulous and an all-star in my opinion. So if two of those starters don't work out, yeah, I think you're looking at a team that's at least 500, if not worse. And offensively, they're not getting the full offensive output that they should get. Um, you know, you would hope that J.P. Crawford gets a little better as the year goes on, and I think he will. You would hope that Scott Kingery gets a little better as the year goes on, and I think he will. Jorge Alfaro could probably stand to be a little bit better with the bat, but... His defense, his, his fielding has been fine, and, and his arm has been incredible, and you take a lot of those good things for Alfaro. Aaron Altair struggled a lot. Hopefully he picks it up a little bit here as we get into the dog digs. But for the most part, this team is better than we thought. You know, I imagine a 500 team this year. I imagine a team that would get out to a nice 
advantage in April and, and get some wins. They did that. May was a little tougher. June has been a challenge, but they've been able to answer that call a little bit. And they've been able to stay over 500. I'm very happy with that. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think you'll see them get back to around 500. Maybe by the end of the month, they still have to play the Nationals. They still have to play the Yankees. Those are really tough games. It's going to be hard for them to stay over 500. But if they can be around there when you get to July, maybe they get a couple more wins before July 15th. And yeah, you could talk about a trade deadline scenario. I don't think they should go crazy at the trade deadline. I honestly think if they should do anything, maybe get one reliever, but I don't want them to go nuts. I hope they don't. But it's good to have the Phillies in July, hopefully playing meaningful baseball, which is something that we haven't had since 2012, really. So it's good to see the Phillies finally competing on that level. So I want to talk about, there's no music today. There's no opening theme. There's no incidental music. It's just me. I want to talk about what's going to happen with this podcast. Um, So we haven't had the podcast for a couple weeks. I apologize for that. Um, You know, I know we've had listeners say, where's the podcast? Is the podcast coming back? And I've said, yeah, wait, just, you know, it'll, it'll come soon. And I promised that we'd have one up uh, on Monday, which will happen here. But uh, some things have happened in my life that are changing a lot for me. So the top news here at the top is that I will be leaving philliesnation.com coming up at the end of June. Um, The reason for that is all good. I, back in May, said yes to a full-time job in Houston, Texas, where I will be a magazine editor in the food and drink world. Um, my regular job right now is a freelance writer, and I do a number of different things as a writer. Phillies Nation is one of them. I also am a travel writer. I'm writing a book that is coming out in the spring of 2019 on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, that's really awesome, and it's been um, a really wonderful time researching that. been going on trips and meeting people and going into small towns in America, and it's been fantastic. But I also do lifestyle writing, I do medical writing, I do food and drink writing. And the food and drink stuff has been good to me, and I love writing about it, and it got me an opportunity to get this job in Houston. And my wife is from Central Texas originally. Her family is in Austin, some family members in Houston. And it was part of our marriage to kind of talk about what the future looks like and if Texas might be a part of that to go closer to her family. And this opportunity came up. We decided that it was the best opportunity and we're taking it. So I am going to become a Texan, which is crazy. I never thought that would ever happen in my life. Um, I will not be changing my allegiances. <laughs> I might become a little bit more of an Astros fan. I joked on Twitter that I was turning into a full-time Astros fan. It's not going to happen. I was very mad that the Phillies were giving up like 12 runs to the Brewers again. But uh, no need to worry about that. I'll still be a Phillies fan first and foremost as always. If the Phillies make the World Series against the Astros, which we predicted in 2020 uh, in a series we did earlier in the season, um, if they do make the World Series against the Astros, I am totally rooting for the Phillies and I'll be flashing those colors proudly in Houston. Um, I'll probably root for the Rockets a little bit too because they're fun, but definitely still a Sixers fan first and foremost. Trust the process. 
But yeah, it's happening. I'm going to Texas. It's going to be great for our family. It's going to be great for me. I'm really excited. I have this great opportunity in front of me to really tackle the food and drink industry in Houston and cover it completely and have a lot of fun doing it. So it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Um, That means a lot of things end for me and my entire freelance career is over. Um, I am closing up all the loose ends and over the last month, that's really what I've been doing. I've had to tie up those loose ends. I've been packing. I've been saying goodbye to friends. We've been seeing friends every other day for dinner, drinks, whatever, just to say goodbye. We've had to get things set up for Houston, get a new apartment, you know, house, all that stuff. So there have been a lot of things going on. And because of that, I just haven't been able to do as much as I've been wanting to do freelance-wise. Uh, I've taken fewer jobs. And Phillies Nation has kind of gone uh, off the wayside for me a little bit. I have not updated the site as much as you've seen, obviously, in the past. And the podcast has not happened over the past many weeks. Uh, happening now, to tell you this. Um, and it's funny, I didn't lead the podcast with this news. I led it with how the Phillies are doing. But um, here we are. And so what's going to happen with everything? The good news is that I'm leaving, but the site is still very good and going strong. We will have a new editor that will be announced, I think, this week probably. Um, So someone will be taking over my job regularly there. And we will have a podcast still, not me, but someone else will be taking it over. That announcement will be coming up as well very soon. So hopefully once that happens, the podcast, it might even be this week, I don't know, but whenever the podcast turns over, it'll be seamless and it'll be the Phillies Nation podcast hosted by somebody else. And maybe I'll make an appearance or two on that, but nonetheless, that's what's happening. I'm out. Other people are in. That's what the news is. Um, I do want to really quick just talk about what the site has meant for me and what it's done for me. Uh, back in 2007, I was starting my own blog called Feeling Goosebumps. It was about, you know, for those of you who forget 2007, uh, the Phillies video yearbook was called Goosebumps because that season, you know, we all had a lot of goosebumps watching the team and we did. It was a really fun year. I love that 2007 season. I had a blog for a while that started at the end of the year and took into the off season. And then I got approached by Phillies Nation to be a writer there. I said yes. I thought, better opportunity. More people read my stuff. It's a known blog. Yeah, let's do it. So I joined Phillies Nation in 2007. Very quickly, I turned it into a day-to-day thing for me, a daily thing for me. So I was writing and, and writing multiple posts every day. And it went really well. We got a lot of fans. We got a lot of readers. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. I got stopped in airports because people knew my – it was really weird. We went on trips. We went to D.C. We went to City Field in 09 when it opened. We went to spring training twice, and that was incredible being a part of that atmosphere, especially in 09 after the Phillies won the series, being in spring training and meeting Chase Utley and meeting Raul Abanez and meeting Greg Dobbs and meeting Clay Condry and meeting – uh, Jamie Moyer and meeting, you know, Tom McCarthy and um, Phillies executives, David Montgomery, Ruben Amaro Jr. And everybody that we met, you know, just like, oh, my God, remember when you did this in the world's, oh, my God, 
you know, going up to Jeff Jenkins and being like, your double was like one of the coolest things ever. And, you know, stupid stuff. But being able to have that moment with those guys was really amazing. One of the coolest moments of my life. And being able to shake Chase Utley's hand and talk to him for even like 30 seconds, even if it was very clipped and, you know, he wasn't really into it. I, you know, whatever. Who cares? It, it was a lot of fun. And that was my Mac moment, you know, having that moment with Chase Utley. But we did that kind of stuff. Brian Michael, who founded the site, still, of course, runs it today, uh, has been a, not just a, a good, you know, website founder slash CEO slash, you know, eyes and ears, but a really good friend. And, um, you know, he he's uh, someone that, um, you know, I've been close to for nearly 15 years now, 12 years, whatever it's been now, 12 years um, and he's just a really good guy, and I thank him for all of his support, leadership, guidance, uh, the ability to give me a place to just talk Phillies, which has been great, um, especially back in 2007, 8, and 9. And 08 was incredible, having that whole season to chronicle the Phillies and share it with everybody who was reading uh, was just, you know, that's a memory that I will never forget. Um Brian gave me that opportunity to say, yeah, if you want to, whatever you want to do, post as much as you want, go at it, do your thing. And I took it and I just ran with it. 2008 was incredible. Um, You know, being able to write long recaps at the end of, you know, heart palpitating games, um, sitting in my apartment in 2008 during the World Series and drinking a six pack of Sierra Nevada celebration ale and just, you know, ready to hit publish on everything and screaming into the comments when the Phillies won and all that. I mean, it's just, there were a lot of cool moments from that era. And, you know, Brian also got us to go to, I mean, he got me tickets to go to game two of the NLDS that year when Shane Victorino hit the grand slam against CC Sabathia. One of the greatest things I've ever seen live, maybe the greatest thing I've ever seen live in a sporting event. Um, so Brian's been incredible and I thank him for just all the friendship and all the leadership over these past many years. Um, there's so many great writers and editors that we had at the website when I was there in 07, 08, 09, in 09, especially I, I kind of took over more of an editor in chief role where I recruited writers and tried to build up some writers and work with them and that kind of thing. Uh, we had columns, we, we built a schedule, um, there were some really cool guys that came out of that, uh, cool ladies that came out of that. Um, just some of the names that kind of come off the top of my head. Amanda Orr was wonderful. She did some great work back in those days. Uh, she's a teacher, I believe now. Um, of course, Pat Gowan, who my Brian introduced me to him in 2009, I think. He was writing for like Examiner or something. There was an old website that was like, you know, sort of about.com for blogs. I don't even know. But uh, they said, you know, this guy Pat wants to write for us. And I was like, all right, sure. And I uh, I um, read his stuff and it sounded pretty decent. And I was like, oh, let's bring him in. So I worked with him to, you know, just get his stuff out there. And he turned out to be not just a good writer and, a, a, you know, a good blogger, but he was a good friend. And Pat and I hung out a lot back in those days. Um and now, of course, he's doing some really great stuff at CBS3 Philly and just, you know, one of those people that is bubbly and kind and warm and really cool. 
he's one of the best people I know and all the success that he's been having uh, very much, very much uh, um, he deserves it. Very well deserved, all that success. So Pat's incredible. Um, Corey Seidman. So when he was, uh, was this 2009 I think as well, he was in line for something. I forget what it was for. I feel like it was like American Idol or something <laughs> or, or just tickets for a ball game. I know he's told me this story a bunch of times, but he was in line for something and my aunt was right next to him in line and he was, I, my aunt talks to everybody and I think they just started talking and he was talking about how he wanted to be a journalist and he wanted to be a sports journalist when my aunt was like, oh my God, my, my, my nephew Tim is the editor at Phillies Nation and you should get in touch with him. And so we, you know, got an email like the next day uh, your aunt Laura uh, said to email me and uh, to email to email you, and it was Corey. And I was like, "All right, show me your stuff." And clearly, we knew this guy was good. Uh, he was, you know, really good writer off the bat who knew a lot of stuff that most people just wouldn't think about. And to me, I think even like from the very beginning, I was like, "This kid's like a little Tim Kirkchen. Like he just knows stats and he talks about them, and he's really cool." So we brought him in, and Corey is obviously taken off. You know, he's now at CSN Philly or NBC Sports Philly, whatever it is now, um, and he's done some great work there and is one of the leading writers for the Philadelphia Phillies uh, anywhere. And he's one of the best baseball writers I know, and he deserved all of his success too. He's a great guy, and he's uh, uh, someone that I've you know really appreciated watching and and keeping up with over these years. So. That's another one. You know, there there's so many that have really been amazing. I didn't really get to work with Mike Bauman, but I, I may have met him, maybe. Uh, but Mike does great stuff at The Ringer. Um, who else have I met at philliesnation.com? Uh, we had Nick the Beer Man back in the day. I don't know what he's up to, but uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a good guy. Uh, he had a column for a while at the website. Rob Cowie, who introduced me to the website. He actually brought me in. He recruited me. Uh, he was the social media manager for Phillies Nation back then. They were ahead of the curve. Brian was ahead of the curve when 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 I think I think Rob was doing business manager or something. But he was like social media, and we were ahead of the curve, just getting Twitter and Facebook get going in those early days. And Rob knew his stuff. Rob's a great guy. We went to spring training together. We went to that Victorino game together. We spent quite a few drunken evenings together. Uh, he's an awesome guy. And he, you know, uh, should get all the success in the world as well. Um, second time at Phillies Nation was 2015 after I went freelance and I became editor at that point. And it's funny. I've actually done this for like three years now, which is incredible. Um, but there's some great writers that came out of that group in 2015. Um, when I came in there, that was toward the end of Ian Riccoboni doing his work at the website. Ian is now... Maybe the best play-by-play commentator in all of professional wrestling, which is awesome. He's doing great work at Ring of Honor. And, I mean, talk about someone who deserves all the success in the world. Ian is a wonderful man. I've only met him a couple times, but he is a really nice guy and um, deserves all that success. And if you don't know his stuff, watch a Ring of Honor event, uh, order a pay-per-view, and he's really good. So he's great. Um, Boy, um Jay Floyd, who has his website Foul Balls, 
Uh, Jay is a first-class minor league writer. He knows his stuff and has been around it for many years now. Uh, he's, I know, always at the ballparks and always, you know, just talking to every player and, and getting good interviews and stuff like that. And he's he's a really, really passionate baseball fan. So Jay does great work. Um, we started bringing in some writers around that time. Mike Sadowski, who, you know, has done some really good pieces for us. He continues to be with the site. Um, boy, uh, Kirsten Swanson, who we brought in for about a year. She did some really good work. Um, of course, Dan Walsh, who did some really fun writing for us. He also was my co-host of Playing the Rube. That's another thing. Playing the Rube right now is on hiatus, uh, mostly because my old computer, which I was recording that on, has died. And I'm trying to figure out how to get the files back. I hope I can because... If I can't get the files back, you can't do the podcast anymore because it was played on a game out of the park baseball. So uh, we don't know about that. But Dan is a funny guy. I've done a number of podcasts with him, and he's he's uh, really fun to talk to. Um, then we brought in a couple other writers recently, Brendan Sample, and now Alec Whitaker, who does some great stuff covering the minor leagues. He does a report every week. He's also talked. He's also done some analysis on some players. We're trying to get him to the ballparks this summer to talk to some players and to just kind of get a feel for things. Alec is hopefully someone who you'll be hearing from in the future. But that is just a short sample of the people that I've met at Phillies Nation. And, you know, the readers have always been great. Um, Some have been very critical. Some have said some really ugly things to me, which, you know what, things happen. People say things. But uh, for the most part, we've had amazing readers who react wonderfully to what we write and are always, you know, giving their opinion and discussing it in a very, um, in a very respectful way and tactful way. And I really appreciate all the writers, or excuse me, all the readers over the years. They have kept me going for sure. Um, and the listeners of the podcast, you've kept me going for sure. Um, people who are in the Phillies blog sphere who, so I'm going to just reveal some things here. So back in 2007, when I started the Phillies Nation, um, there were a few blogs out there. The one that I read all the time was Beer Leaker. Um, for those of you who've been around the Phillies blog sphere for over a decade, you know Beer Leaker. Jason Weitzel was the guy who ran that blog. He was, you know, editor in chief plus writer. He was everything. It was his thing. And I think there there are very few blogs that have been as good over the lifetime of over the over the history of blogdom um beer leaguer is as good as it gets jason was perfect for the medium um smart analytical in some ways but always opinionated and always smartly opinionated was never never got loud never got never had a dumb opinion never never expressed anything that was you know either malicious or Dumb. I don't. I don't know how else to put it. You know, you never questioned what what Jason wrote, and always embraced the funny stuff. I'll always remember how excited he would get for the day that the Phillies would sign you know ten different guys to minor league contracts with um, invitations to spring training because that seemed to be his most favorite day when you'd hear about guys that would never make the team out of spring training, but they were on the roster now, and so the Phillies had to think about think think something was good about those guys and. That was uh, that was part of the beer beer leaguer charm is uh, very witty, very off centered. I think it was actually like off centered opinions about the Phillies or something like that. 
I was one of the regular commenters there. Um, you can find my stuff, I'm sure, in the archives. But following Beer League or being part of that community, and especially the day that the Phillies won the National League East in 2007, that was incredible. And, and I was in that in those threads all day. Kind of, I was watching the Mets game in New York, so I was able to kind of tell everybody what was going on in the Mets game. And this is before Twitter. This is before everybody had MLB.tv. So it was like necessary that somebody had to say, here's what's happening in the Mets game. Um, so that was really fun. I actually wrote about all of that for the Hardball Times uh, not too long ago. So if you want to look that up, you should. But Beer Leaguer is incredible. Um, but there were other, I mean, the Good Fight, which has been around forever and has had a million different people come through there. Uh, some really great writers as well. Uh, you know, they were always someone that I checked every day and still do. I still read up on them a lot. Um, but there was 700 level back in its prime when Enrico was really hammering it out every single day. Um, and, and that was about it in 07. I came in there. I became part of Phillies Nation, and you know there were a couple others. I mean, there was there was uh, I think that balls out of here was there maybe. Um, there was a doctor who had his own blog, and I forget what that was called. Might have been like swinging a miss or something like that. Um, we should be GMs was around then, still is, and we should be GMs started as a Phillies and Pirates blog. I just want to put that out there. Um, but that was a really great time to be part of that early on. And then Phillies Nation, we were we, I was doing that for a while. And then I left Phillies Nation in 09, and I couldn't get away from the blogging. So I actually – I noticed that there were a lot of blogs around at that time. I think it was in 09. And so I put together – maybe it was 10. Maybe it was March of 10. I put together a 64-blog tournament called The Field, and it was really ridiculous. I, I made up an entire WordPress site. I, you know, had, I mean, I put a whole bracket together. I had regular daily voting. It got to Deadspin. I think Deadspin did a piece on it. Um, uh, somebody, I think it was Dan Levy, uh, called it Philly's blog Voltron, I think at the time. Um, it was just ridiculous. And the first champion of the field, I think, was the Fightins or Beer League, or it might have been one of those two. Um, might have been even Phillies Nation. No, I think it was the Fightins. But the Fightins, which came around 2008, I think really kind of took off one of the most ingenious blogs ever. Uh, Mike Meach, whose name is not Mike Meach, but it's Mike Meach, uh, was just ahead of his time, I think, with the kind of stuff he was putting out there, embracing sort of left of center weird blogger guys who did their own thing and had a lot of fun with it. Um, Tug Haynes and all of his ridiculous, you know, gift stuff will stay with me forever. Ice cream for Chooch will stay with me forever. Um, you know, some of the other writers who we had there, I can't remember their names. I think there was like a Camomile Davis or something like that or Camomile's not the name. But anyways, there were some really funny writers there and that site was just hilarious, and I missed the Fightins dearly, um, and I wish it was still around to look at all the archives because those archives are, are amazing. There's some amazing stuff at the Fightins. Zoo with Roy, which won, I think, the second year of the field, I believe. Zoo with Roy is when it was in its prime, obviously, in 10, 11, those years during the holiday era um, when it started with just all the ridiculous MS Paint drawings and just the funny, you know, 
obscure references and weird, you know, non sequitur kind of comedy was incredible. And uh, it was really fun just watching all those blogs take off at that time and being part of that in some weird way. Um, but I've been part of the blogosphere since basically the beginning. It's very, very, very few people who predate me on that one. Uh, Brian is one of them. Uh, Enrico is one of them. Jason Weitzel is one of them. And some of the good fight guys are part of that. There are some amazing writers that came out of every corner of the blogosphere. Ballin being one of them. Paul Boyer being one of them. Liz Rocher, who uh, is still a good fight today, and I think she just bid, she was doing Big League Stew, and they just stopped. I think Big League Stew is over, but she's a great writer. Um, man, that Bill Bear at Crashburn Alley. Crashburn's been around forever. I mean, that's the one I forgot, but Crashburn's incredible. Uh, Bill Bear did that for a long time, and is now at Har- uh, Sports uh, Baseball uh, Baseball Talk, Hardball Talk uh, at NBC Sports, and he's great. Um, I'm going to forget names here, but, you know, Crash Bernalli's had a bunch of great... Matt Winkleman is doing it now. He does Philly's Minor Thoughts, which is a must-read. Uh, he's great. Jeff Israel, his his second writer there, doing a lot of draft stuff and, and um, college stuff. And he's a really interesting follow and smart guy, and we've had him on the podcast a couple of times. Um, you know, Good Fight has had a lot of great writers. Um, Corinne... Corinne, uh, who's now with the Phillies, um, uh, who um, she was with Crash Bernalli for a while, and then the Phillies, uh, she did an internship with the Phillies, and now she's doing um, she's doing data for them. She's she's in the front office working for them now. Um, she's Corinne Landry, I should say. She's she's amazing, great great writer who really came into her own at Crashburn. Phillies have a real asset with her. Um, I know she's going to have a killer career with with wherever she goes, whether it's with the Phillies or beyond that in baseball. Um, yeah, it's been a ride. There have been a lot of great writers that have come through. I, I'm not going to remember anybody else probably right now because it's nearly one in the morning. But um, being part of this blog sphere has been pretty amazing. Um, I think in the last few years, I've sort of been an outsider for a lot of people. I feel like I'm sort of out of that inner loop of the blogosphere. Um, you know, John Stolnes, he has the Felsky Files, but well, it's now Hidden Season, uh, and he's great. Just a great, great podcast host, radio guy, knows his stuff, engaging, seems like a really nice guy. I don't know him, but he just, I've listened to his podcast a number of times. He's fantastic. Um, but like I said, I feel like I've been sort of outside the, the kind of main loop. There have been generations of it. I'm a little bit older now. I'm in my mid-30s, almost my mid-30s. And a lot of the real talent right now is in their 20s. So I feel like I'm sort of removed from it. But being a Phillies fan and knowing all these people sort of tangentially, uh, third party, it, it's been really fun. It's been really fun. Uh, long drive on Twitter, Chris Jones. He's really funny. I love following him, and he has some really – Great tweets. His his gifts obviously are legendary, and he's a great follow. Um, there are some readers that are great follows that you know I've really enjoyed talking with over the years. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's been a heck of a ride, and I uh, I'm gonna miss being part of it on an everyday basis. I'm gonna watch the Phillies every day, and I'm still gonna probably 
give a few tweets of comments here and there, but I'm mostly going to stay away from that. I'm going to kind of concentrate on my job. I'll try to watch the Phillies every day. Like I said, sometimes it won't happen, but I'll try to. Um, I'll definitely go to Minute Maid Park, and I'll definitely go to Globe Life, and I'll let people know when I'm there. Um, uh, you know, I, I should talk about the beat writers real quick. I mean, the Phillies have some really outstanding beat writers and guys who have been around now for a long time who have stayed with the beat. And there's a reason for that, I think. One of that is Philly's a great place to be. And being in Philadelphia is great. One of them is journalism. When you get that kind of job and you have some security, you want to stay in it. But the other thing is I think there's a real camaraderie and a real, you know, these guys are really good. And they like being around each other and they like being part of this community. And I think the fans lift up the beat writers and call them out when they're wrong. And the John Stolness, Matt Gelb thing from a couple weeks ago, I, I'm, I'm glad that there was a mutual understanding on that one because I think both guys are phenomenal. And I don't, you know, I, I get it on both ends. But I think at the end of the day, it's good that both guys recognize that, you know, there's a real respect there between the two of them. Uh, Matt Gelb is a great writer. And we've had him on the podcast a couple of times. He's at The Athletic. He is tremendous. And he went to news for a year and his stuff in news was great. But he's really good. And I'm glad that he's having his success at The Athletic. Todd Zalecki is, I think, the GOAT as far as beat writers are concerned. Um, knows the stuff. has been around forever. And just the relationships he has with people... Um, from the stories I've heard, he is a mensch and a real good guy. I think I met him once. Uh, he's really great. Um, Jim Salisbury is also the GOAT. Uh, Salisbury's been around, again, for a long time doing the Phillies beat and seems to be the first one to break things, seems to know everything. Um, a real gem of a writer. Uh, love his old guy tweets on uh, on Twitter during games. Um, Matt Breen who we had on the second podcast. Breen is a really funny guy, cool guy, someone that I think I'd be a friend of his if I lived in Philly, um, at least I'd hope. Uh, but he's really cool and a good writer, and he's a necessary follow. Megan Montemuro, who has been around uh, in two different places now, started at Delaware Online. Now she's News, news Journal down in Wilmington. Now she's at The Athletic, and she's very good at her job. Um, and I think she's going to have a great career there, wherever she goes to. Um, Ryan Lawrence, who needs a job. Ryan Lawrence needs a job. Lawrence was with the, uh, where was he? Was he in Jersey? I forget who he was with. I forget who he was with. I think he was with the News Journal, actually. And then he went to Philly Voice. And now he's unemployed. And he should get a job. In baseball, he not only is a very good writer, but a really good guy. I met him once. Good guy. Lawrence deserves a job. Um, Scott Lauber, who was with the Phillies years ago on the beat and is back with Philly.com and the Inquiry Daily News. Lauber is a BU grad, as am I. So go Terriers. He's a very good writer as well and I really enjoyed what he was doing back in the day when I was I think I may have may have written him a couple of times when I was with Phillies Nation back in 07, 08, 09 um, David Murphy who was on the Phillies beat back in those days now is a general sports columnist at the Daily News, very smart very 
good opinions. I've always enjoyed reading and listening to his stuff. I might be the only person who's listened to every episode of Not Another Philly Sports Podcast. Um, he does a great job uh, on that podcast. And I don't know if they've had many episodes in the last year, but him and Mike Sielski are really good together. So hopefully they continue to do it at some point. Um, Jason Stark, who is the reason I got into all this. I've told the story to people. I was five years old. The Inquirer would come in on a Saturday morning. The Sunday Inquirer would come in on Saturdays because I had the comics and all that stuff. And I would unwrap it. I'd be up at 5.30 in the morning to get it. I would unwrap it in front of me in my living room floor. And I would open it up and sift through all the sports pages. That was the first thing I would look at was sports. And the first thing I would look at in sports was Jason Stark and his own baseball. And combing through all the weird useless stats and the info and the box score line of the week. And then coming through... The Inquirer used to publish an entire page of stats. They would just publish all of the National League and American League stats. Individual players, qualified, hitters and pitchers. And I would just comb through them. Like, how is, you know, how is uh, um, Bip Roberts, you know, right now doing in San Diego? How is Barry Larkin playing in, in Cincinnati? Uh, just looking at all those numbers. And that was my Saturday morning. That was how I chose to begin my weekend that was everything to me I won one of those weird inquire you know write a story about a Phillies game contest and got that got me tickets to a game when I was like nine or something like that Um, and that was because I wanted to be Jason Stark I wanted to be a sports writer I wanted to write about the Phillies either I wanted to be a sports writer I wanted to be Harry Callis and be the play-by-play voice of the Phillies and my career didn't take me in those places I just chose to do the other things, but to this day, I still, this is why I do the podcast. This is why I write about the Phillies, because I want to be like Jason Stark, and I want to be like Harry Callis. Uh, Jason is someone who, his writing is incredible. His depth and breadth of knowledge is remarkable. He's uh, just a font of baseball history. But more than that, I've had the opportunity to meet Jason on more than one occasion, um, both in person and uh, over the phone or on video or on email. And Jason Stark is one of the nicest, best people I've ever met in my life. And I am privileged to have been part of, in some small way, of the amount of knowledge he's given to the world in baseball. Um, We had him on the podcast early on. The fact that he was able to carve out 15 minutes for me or 20 minutes for me when he could is amazing. And when he lost his job at ESPN, I know we were all pretty – I was actually shaken up. I, I wanted him to – you know, I, I, you don't want him to lose his job, and it's ridiculous. But he was able to really quickly get back on his feet, and now he's at The Athletic and doing great stuff. And he has – um, I think he also has a uh, weekly comedy rights or a video thing. I, I'm not sure. Um, I've been sort of busy last month, but Jason is uh, amazing and is someone that I will continue to read and continue to look up to and probably reach out to at some point in the future. Um, but he's incredible. And for those of you who grew up with Jason's writing and whether it's at the Enquirer or with ESPN or now with The Athletic, um, you know that he is as good as it gets. So 
Um, all, of, all of this is because of him. It really is. It's because of him. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I've, I've talked for way too long about me. Um, and I didn't want to talk this long, but here we are. Um, I'm going to say this about the Phillies. They're going to be fine. They might not make the playoffs. But have faith in Gabe Kapler. Have faith in Matt Klintak. I actually think the Phillies are in as good a position now than they've ever been since 2007. And I mean that like as in the future, right? Like, yes, they were great in 09 and 10 and 11 and all that. But talking about what's ahead of the Phillies, I think this group knows what they're doing. There are some young players that are going to fail. There are some young players that are going to stumble. Some of them won't be here later in the future. Some of them will, and some of them are going to be fine. Let Scott Kingery play whatever position he's going to play. They have a plan for him. Let J.P. Crawford be J.P. Crawford. Stop worrying about him. He'll be fine. Let Vince Velasquez continue to be Vince Velasquez because maybe it won't work, but maybe it will. I don't know. I, 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 I've, I've, I think maybe since I've had a kid, I've softened a lot with baseball. I, I don't want to be as mad as I used to be. I used to get really mad when the Phillies lost a game. Um, I'm not that way anymore. I, it rolls off me. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, we are in this life for not too long. And while we're in it, we have opportunities to embrace a number of things and be part of a number of things. And one of those things that I've been a part of is this baseball world and writing about it and having opportunities to work in it and to talk to people about it and to go to games and to embrace it and to love it. And it used to be a very strong part of me that was hard to control especially when the Phillies were really good back in the day. And then when they were bad at first, it was hard to control that. I've lightened up. I've gotten a little bit better with it. And now I can enjoy a game for the most part. I mean, if the Phillies are losing 11-2, to I just won't watch it. But if the Phillies are in it and it's an interesting game, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. I hope all of you who watch or listen to this podcast and are listening to me still for some reason um, – get that same feeling out of a game at some point. If you don't have it now, that's fine. But I hope you at some point get to the point where you can appreciate a game for what it is. Um, Cause that's a great thing. Um, you know, I don't want to be like, here's how you should watch a game, but try not to take everything too seriously. That's one thing I've learned in life over the past few years. Try not to take everything too seriously. I have a hard time taking things for face value. I, anxiety is, is part of my life. It's part of everybody's life. But it's, it's hard for me. But I implore you, if you want to enjoy life and you want to get the best out of life, don't worry too much about the baseball team. Don't worry too much about one game. Even one season. Um, baseball's great. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's a pastime. And yeah, we spend a lot of money on it. And yeah... You know, we pay a lot of money that goes toward player salaries or whatever, but we choose to make that choice. We choose to pay that money. We choose to go to the games. We choose to pay for things. We choose to be a part of it. You could choose not to. I'm actually choosing not to watch football this year for many reasons. Um, but you choose to it, right? You choose to do what you want to do. If you choose baseball, choose it because you love it. Because you love watching the game, even if the Phillies are losing. Because 
they've lost a lot. It should be old hat by now. They're going to be fine. They might not make the playoffs this year. I don't think they will. But I think they will either next year or the year after that. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to get some really good players in free agency or trades or whatever. And you're going to forget that any of this has been happening. You're going to forget about Hector Neris' struggles. You're going to forget about Scott Kingery having a hard time to start his career. You're going to forget about J.P. Crawford not hitting as well as you'd want him to hit. It's going to be fine. This team's going to be good. Um, have faith in the Phillies. Have faith in the team that you love. And enjoy them. Because that is all we can do is enjoy what's in front of us. I am going to enjoy my wife. I'm going to enjoy my daughter. I'm going to enjoy the next chapter of my life, which is in Houston, Texas. I'm going to enjoy everything about what's next. I'm going to hopefully watch as much Phillies baseball as I can, and maybe I'll be talking to you about it on Twitter or something like that. But I hope you enjoy what is in front of you, and I hope for all of our sakes that that means another Phillies championship sooner than later. But at the end of the day, good baseball. I hope for good baseball. That's it. I'm going to end on that note. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you have up until this point, my God, thank you. Thank you for listening over the past year or so. Thank, Thank you for reading any of my words over the past three years or the three before that. Um, it just means a lot to me that if you read, I, I I do this because I'm trying to change someone's mind or I'm trying to change how someone feels or I'm, gonna try, I'm trying to open up an eye. I'm trying to make people feel something. That's all I'm trying to do. And if I've made you feel something over the past many years, I am really grateful for that. I really am. That's all I want. It's really all I want in this world. So thank you. Um, I'll be talking to you soon. Go Phillies.